Hey, what's going on, GOGs? It's your boy Trek, and this is Trek and Cryptos to Connect. I just want to say part of my voice right now, I am a little under the weather. But here you have it. You're back. Hopefully, this is uh, more than one time of listening. I appreciate. Much love. Thank you very much. If this is your first time, how it goes is you have a daily talk, which is me talking about what I was going through at the time. These recordings are from November of 2017 through 2018, coming into 2019. And so that's the daily talk part of it. Then the second half of it is um, Trekking Cryptos to Connect everyday people where I talk to people who are at the forefront and ground level of the crypto blockchain space and they're helping to empower and educate people about the various things that they can do within the space um, and how basically mass adoption takes place by including all people and that's what I'm trying to do here with Trekking Cryptos to Connect. So stay tuned, listen and enjoy. Thanks GNGs. What's going on, GNGs? It's your boy Trek, and this is Smart Trekking, and this is another daily talk. And um, hmm, what can I say? What can I say? This week has taught me trying to do everything at once and all by yourself is very time-consuming, energy-draining, and just it's rough when like you a one-man show. And you, you, things is just like starting to add up. Like, so now, like, I have kind of more of a clear goal in moving forward on the business side, and it's still maintaining the learning side, and it's still maintaining getting out the house and working out, like I've said before. Um, and it's still maintaining keeping on top of the news, it's still maintaining, you know, um, um, staying in contact with people and stuff, you know, emails and phone calls and text messages and all that stuff right there. Um, and excuse me. Like, the other day, was it, like, Monday? Came back, made X amount of videos, and then I, like, started working on some other stuff, and then um, I was up. Like, this week, I probably maybe slept, like, maybe 30-something hours. That's a lot. <clears throat> Between Friday to today, and today's, no, that's a lot. Between, what was that, Monday to today being Friday. I probably, I want to say slept like 48 hours. And that's on the end of like, I'll be up for X amount of hours, go to sleep for like maybe four to six hours, and then be up for a whole shitload of another hours. And that's on the end of trying to do everything all at once. And like I was saying um, in the other daily talk, um, I had the conversation and that totally revamped my whole head on how I had to do the presentations that I had started. So now I'm like, all right, we'll throw those out because now I need to rethink how to put this information and educational part together to let non-techie or non-crypto people 
understand how this is relevant to them and what it can help them with, um, as well as still doing the other things of being social, of making the meetups, of of doing the website now that I'm working on, and then like still reading and then still paying attention to the news stuff. Like the market has been going crazy for the last 32 hours. We're under nine, like ridiculous right now. So all of the stuff is going on. The other day I was up for like probably like damn near 20 hours or something. And then like yesterday I just crashed hard as shit, man. Like I got up, did some stuff and I went out for something and I came back and I laid down. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. That's what it was. I had a meeting. I ran out for the meeting, came back, sat down. Um, and I came, sat, and I laid down for a minute, and that was all she wrote. Like, my point being in, in this, GGs, is you, I am learning in somewhat the hard way, and not the super hard way, like, oh my God, it's killing me. But um, you got to pace the things out. Like, I'm realizing, like, if I don't have this today, it is not the end of the world. Like, so initially where I thought, okay, let me knock out these presentations and have it done before Friday and then have the conversation I had yesterday was like, oh, well, now I got to redo everything. Well, all right. Well, so the weekend, Monday, you know what I'm saying? Like now I got to replan it out that way. Same thing with the website. It's like, oh, you know, people be like, oh, well, you could just knock out a website and like, you know, maybe an hour or two. And granted, I'm using the platform of Yola, but if you want to like have X amount of relevant information and have a at least read a certain way when people look at it and have the information flow right, how you read it from top to bottom, like I ain't gonna say this is the first time I had to do a website, but it's not like I'm building one from the ground up, like I'm doing some, you know, um JavaScript C like some back end like coding stuff. This is like pretty much like plug and play drop stuff, but it's still one of those like it takes up time, you know. Um, and then I still got like actually been thinking about this like another two articles that I want to put out. I'm on Medium now, working out the Medium situation. Um, I gotta put that in there for later. But uh, yeah, man, like it's it's, it's a it's a draining thing when it's all you and you trying to cover every base. So between sleeping and eating, like today, I've only eaten once today. I got up at like seven something, started actually working around eight something or maybe like nine. I looked at the clock at one point. It was like 11 something. Next thing I know, it was like damn near three o'clock. And then somebody hit me up was like, hey, let's go eat. And I'm like, holy shit. Mind you, I was thinking about eating for like three hours before that, but it was just, I was doing shit and, you know, if no one ever told you this crypto rabbit hole is real, you don't notice it until somebody points it out to you or if you actually like take it into account to look like once in a while pick your head up and look like not everybody has the time that I have or is in a situation I have to be able to do the timelines that I do I'll be up until like four or six in the morning sometimes 
that's not for everybody. That's not everybody. I'm saying this to say, take into consideration, don't look to do everything in one day, Gingies. Don't look to have it be that you're trying to do everything on your own. If you could ask somebody to help you and they actually do follow through on helping you and you know you could depend on that person, ask for the hand. Um, if you are not a person who operates very well or at least sustainable on little amounts of sleep, don't do this shit to yourself. Because when you crash, especially if like you're not a I can go past one day without much sleep kind of person, don't do it to yourself. Like I said, I'm in a whole different situation. So I can do the whole be up for X amount of time and then know I can still crash when it comes to it. Because I don't have to worry about going to a 9 to 5 job. I'm just in that boat right now. Not saying I'm balling. I'm Lamboing and all that shit. So far from. I wouldn't even buy a Lambo. Like, that's such a waste of money in my book. You'd be like a Genesis or Equinox. <laughs> like, how simple am I, right? But, um... I'm just saying, man, like, you got to pace this shit out. Like, I actually got to start working this calendar situation out for the projects on how I started and then how I'm pacing out the days and hours in the day that I work that thing out. Like, seriously and truly, like, next thing, I'm going a, I'm to a have an update on where I am with that. And I'm sorry I'm ranting on right now. Um, but, yeah. Don't do everything on your own in one day. Pace shit out. Because you will definitely burn yourself out. This rabbit hole of the crypto rabbit hole, the blockchain rabbit hole, is real. You will definitely lose yourself in it if you're that into this. G&Gs, this is another Daily Talk. This is Smart Trekking, and I'm your boy Trek. Until the next one. Alright, GNGs, there you have it. That was the first segment. And like I said, like it was just a real learning experience because I've been in the space for years at that point. And it was amazing how much I didn't know and then just how much time I spent and just like really jumped in um, two feet head first. And uh, yeah, that, that was a hell of a period right there because I was really just like not sleeping and just continually learning and trying to like understand more. Um, so that was the first half, like I said. Going on to the second part, I have a conversation with Rhonda Elridge. As you listen, you'll hear what she's talking about and what she's doing. And like I said, mass adoption, in order for us to get there, it's going to take all types of folks. So the business folks, the Wall Street folks, the people who are in any of those kind of areas, yourself, myself, um, in order to get everyone kind of up to speed, we got to do it in different ways. And she's doing her part in my eyes. And yeah, just listen on and, you know, you'll see why I really wanted to have her on. All right, GGs. Hey, what's going on, GNGs? This is Trek and Cryptos to Connect, and I am Trek. And today I have the opportunity to speak with someone that I met at the uh, Coinvention in Philly earlier this year, actually like a couple months back. And I was kind of um, amazed at what she was doing and the circles that she was moving in. And of course, my boy Ken Bosak already knew who she was 
because he goes to way more uh, convention level events than I do, but I'm definitely pleased to uh, have made her acquaintance and get to know more about what she does. And I'm presenting her here, Rhonda Elridge. If you could just give us a little bit of who you are and how you got into the space. Well, I am a finance professional, um, finance professional as a chartered accountant. Um, started in the hedge fund space, uh, establishing a hedge fund uh, business, uh, back office, uh, fund administration business, custody, banking, and credit in the Bahamas, and then moving to the States about 15 years ago to oversee relationships for those clients or out for the global, for the regional clients in the Americas. And I got into the space um, after, through my nonprofit, after seeing um, disruption in work and disruption, particularly in humans uh, who are working uh, in terms of, of how we um, create a space for them, a space for them to reinvent themselves, unlearn, relearn. And uh, I was, you know, led to, to believe that that needed to come from reaching out to those individuals and be uh, using sort of bridging my experience and my network and bringing those people who were sort of disenfranchised as a result of the combinatorial innovation that I saw. So um, uh, I should say, fast pace of that. So I started a nonprofit and it actually started as a women a women's group. And then there was a former client of mine when I shared what I was doing, he's like, oh what about the men? So then I decided to open it up and harness all possibilities um, was uh, essentially the brainchild of that experience. So I host uh, events based on the future, but I think what is unique is that they are um, they are on topics that are going to bring not just uh, people who are displaced in work, but what I would call um, those early age entrepreneurs into uh, an arena where they can hear hard and soft topics with respect to how they reinvent themselves and be part of the industry that uh, the industries that we see growing. And I saw blockchain as one of those industries. So really, that's how I I came to uh, to not only create a nonprofit uh, or social enterprise rather, but also to see that blockchain was a space that so many people were interested in, but they didn't have access, they didn't have knowledge. So they were literally disenfranchised, disconnected, and discouraged that they didn't have access. Okay, um, I, I feel that education is one of the barriers um, that. It, it, it's kind of a funny barrier in that there is information out there, but then somehow, you know, people still struggle on the where to find or what point to start at thinking that you have to go in a logical order to educate yourself about this space. And that's one of the things I've definitely come across when people ask, well, you know, where do I start? And you're like, well, you know, maybe you might want to read this, um, you know, um, blog post, or you might want to watch the video by Andreas Antonopoulos or, you know, somebody on um, YouTube. Yeah. But the education thing is kind of funny because there's still people who put out not the most accurate stuff. And then for where we are now, X amount of what we talked about in like 2012, you know, when it was just for four basic elements of the space, we're 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 beyond that. Mm -hmm. um, so like for example, if someone asks me now, I want to get into crypto. Before it used to be, hey, 
um, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to be a miner? Are you trying to be a trader? Are you trying to be a hodler? Or do you want to be a dev, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how, that's how I look at the space as far as like what the four basic elements were, the four core elements. Yeah, I can add to that. And I think that you're absolutely right. When I started to see the number of people who came out to the blockchain event, I was so curious as to why an inordinate amount came out. I mean, to the point where they would sit on the floor. And what I, what I, what I found was that they just didn't have access. And they didn't have access on, on, a, on a level that they trusted, right? Somebody maybe had an agenda. They were doing something with, where it wasn't about the education and the sharing of knowledge and network. And I remember one guy, we had coffee in Connecticut, and he was telling me about, you know, he was not working and what he was doing. And and I could give you many stories, but this one guy, um, I said to him, well, why don't you think about how that would, uh, you know, blockchain could help you with that. And he's like, what's blockchain? And I said, oh, well, why don't you come out to a breakfast event? I'm having an event. It was 7 a.m. in the morning in Connecticut. He came out to that event, and he came out to a few other events. The third event, where he was standing up, he couldn't find a seat. He said, um, he listened to uh, a lawyer who was a former SEC examiner. He listened to a tech blockchain company, someone trading blockchain. Everyone on the panel was blockchain. And I was next when he said one thing that stuck with me. He said, and these people need advisors because I'm a seasoned professional. I can help them. And I said, so there is what you need to use. that. Use that to come into the industry. Start mm-hmm. with are and see how you can position yourself to to be part of the industry don't go in looking for something that you can you can get look for something you can give and open that door i have not seen him since all i know he said Rhonda, this has just been such a great experience for me and then i realized that was that that was the door for 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 us you know for all of us welcoming others into the space and that door meant create something to bring them into the space, welcome them, and then be a benefit to them. Don't go in looking for something that's just self-serving, so to speak. Mm, okay. So on that one, so all right, I break the um the fourth the yeah fourth wall at times. So what I'm saying to the listeners is this is the same thing I always end up saying um, about getting into the space. This isn't a matter of you have to come in being a smart technical person. This isn't a matter of you necessarily have to come from a professional background. You look at the space and you say, okay, what do I know? What am I willing to learn? And you know, what, how much time do I have to do this? And then you figure out where you fit in. Like we're at the point now, even though we're like about at year 10, it's still really early and there's still so many different directions you can go in as far as what you actually uh, contribute to or contribute with in this space as far as what skill set, what knowledge base you have. And, you know, we're still in the part of where like the, the education part matters, you know, and it's not just necessarily um, the education that you can do. You, you, Case in point, what Rhonda does or what, what she did, she came back, she came from an accounting background. And then now this, this lady is a globe shopper, let me tell you. This lady is a globe I, I think what it is building community and what I've seen is that you, you create something. And, and there were a couple of things that I saw um, which were important to this whole process is that, like I said, a lot of people came out to these breakfast events about blockchain. And then I, those events from Connecticut to New York 
um, and uh, I brought in someone who, from a legal standpoint, able to articulate what blockchain was in very simple layman terms, because I think people were like, I still don't get it. So we mm -hmm. said, okay, bring <laughs> someone in who can explain it in layman terms. And again, I can share many stories of that aha moment um, for people who came out, an older gentleman, he said, my son has been telling me about this for three years. So you mean to tell me this is real? And I'm like, it is real, it's happening. But he mm -hmm. didn't believe his son who had been investing in it. He, said, he would say to his son, stop investing in that stuff. crap. But I think that it's, so you, we were bringing in older folks. We, we cannot ask people to adopt or um, adapt to something if we don't explain to them in language that they understand what it is, mm -hmm. right? I found that they just couldn't get it because maybe the people explaining to it to them spoke in a language they didn't understand. You change the words and you change the world, right? And if sure. you give people meaning in those words that you give them, then they themselves are like, okay, I get it. Let me come out to that first meeting. And what I did as well was uh, January, I did an event at a library and I, um, I did a really printout of all the things that people needed to do uh, because I didn't have a screen in the room. So I just did this really huge printout. These are all the links that you should read. These are the papers you should read. Um, here, are, here are the uh, types of blogs that you go to. Here are the hashtags. I gave them like 10 hashtags to read. And included in that were white papers with respect to Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, all of the telegraph, you know, so, you know, the telegram, join telegram, read these, and, you know, I gave them everything. So they had at least the foundation of how to get started. And then I said, start where you are, look for a meetup in your area and can go to that meetup with the objective of meeting one or two individuals you can then have coffee with afterwards and then start to go viral with your network. Go out and try to reach out to people on LinkedIn. Change your LinkedIn profile so that you can start getting people to see that you're, you're, you're a learner in the space because no one's an expert, but mm -hmm. you are a learner and you're an enthusiast about the space. And I found that was extremely helpful, um, particularly for individuals who didn't feel they have an, had an access point. Um, mm -hmm. But that, that's, that's how I... And I can give you some um, idea, comments on all the other things I did with respect to taking that abroad to the Bahamas, where I'm from, and also coming back and doing it through Crypto Chicks and some other initiatives that I have been involved with. So, goes to example on um, you don't have to be fancy, but I'm curious, what made you go from the perspective of let me do this brunch thing or let me center a, a discussion topic being crypto blockchain around uh food as far as it being the brunch or breakfast or you know a saturday like early kind of thing um right. I, i'm seeing that kind of pop up more in other places and i've been actually thinking about doing something along that lines yeah. in baltimore so curious on that end yeah, how that got started, our very first event, um, we had a small room in the library. And again, we're going to the grassroots. We're going to where the people are. And a woman walked in. She was, you know, it was winter. She's cold. She's got a coat on, a hat on. She was dressed. And she said, there were two comments that touched me from that event. One 
comment um, was, wow, um, they've got food. I said, uh, <laughs> and she said, you have food? I said, yeah, because if you come out to an event at this time, you must be hungry and we'd want you to stay and network so we feed you. And then the second comment was that people, you mean people realize we exist. That was powerful from a human standpoint. So I realized that one, you had to allow them to be, so come as you are, and two, feed, feed them, because if you feed them, they will, there will be no reason for them not to have their basic human needs met, right? And then they would leave. They would leave and say, well, I'm hungry or, um, or I'm thirsty. So I found that, you know, not only feed them, but feed them food that we would sit down and eat with someone we're having lunch with. So mm. we've, we've always fed them. There's a, a small startup in New York that he does sandwiches and they're boutique sandwiches. So it's vegan. Um, so we made sure not just feed them, um, you know, ham and turkey, but we fed them food that it, it appealed to everyone. So vegan, vegetarian, you know, meat eaters. And then we also, uh, an event we did, um, we had about 150 registered for that. We did uh, kosher and we put it in the corner. So anyone who, who was, you know, who ate kosher knew that that food was set aside for them. So it was important if we say we are um, opening the door and we want people to be, we have to go to where they are, which means that we have to be mindful. And that's a part of what happens, mindfulness and emotional intelligence. Be aware that they are not, you can't invite people into the space and then have this assumption that they're going to be like you. They're going to be different. So mm -hmm. a piece of difference, appeal to their who they are as humans. And I found that that was, doing a lot of different things. It was bringing entrepreneurs into the space who uh, are starting businesses in the food space. So in this case, is a, is a guy who he said, look, I get it. I've been disrupted in work. Um, I'm a startup uh, caterer. So we brought him in and he caters to for most of our events. And we found that people, they, they, they come in, they are meet around the food table where the food is. They start chatting, then they sit down. And then afterwards, they hang around because you've got food for them and they can have a conversation over food. So that's how I felt that food became important. Um, that could be a sit down meal. Um, and I've heard 8,000 stories and those stories come over dinner, lunch, breakfast, coffee. Um, always there's some food element involved. And I think that's, that's key. It's, it's, a, it's a basic human need, man. It's a basic human need. <laughs> okay. So I find it that like it, that that do you remember the adage of like breaking bread? Yes, of course. I, we're breaking bread. <laughs> I feel that um, you know, like I I know for me, um, and we we have the West Indian background, you know, growing up, uh the whole kitchen food thing. Like it's funny, if you have a house party, uh you'll notice that people will for some reason gather in your kitchen you can have oh, I totally I totally so true so true people will still gather in your kitchen space for some reason and like I'm in there and you're like can some you some of you guys leave so what you're doing to help then you find they're cutting up the onion they're cutting this up oh let me let me stir in the you know whatever the meat mm -hmm. I, you know we you know it, 
at our place right now, we're saying in our house, we're saying we're going to get rid of the dining room and just make an extended kitchen because mm-hmm. you're, they stick in the kitchen. I don't know why. <laughs> it is a very weird thing. So here's what I'm saying, G&Gs. Uh, we're giving you like basic ideas on if you're interested in crypto, if you want to, you know, start up your own kind of meetup or group or uh, be able to find like-minded people. It is not a hard thing. You, it's not as hard as you would think. Um, excuse me. Libraries uh, have spaces that you can use either for a very low fee or for a free fee. You Correct. have to out, you know, where the libraries are around you. Uh, another thing you could do is you could look at um, incubator and startup uh, spaces. That's a really big thing. I think like all the major cities are pushing uh, those kind of spaces now in, in their city, you know, areas. So like DC has a bunch, Baltimore, Philly, Houston, Dallas, um, all up and down in California. Denver is another place. New York has a ton. And I know I'm naming like major outliner cities, but that's not to say like Tennessee and Kentucky or, you know, um, uh, Delaware, that they don't have them. I just happen to know those particular cities. And the, the, the means or the resources there is just a matter of figuring out what they are or how to get to them. And Google and, you know, your local, like, what is it, Uh, your local library and Google are, like, your best friends and meetups. I've met people up until this day who've been in the space for a while who still, like, don't know that meetups exist around cryptocurrencies and blockchain. And then I know I've met some people who just don't go to those um, kind of events where that's just not, you know, their thing. I find that it's kind of limiting on the end of you aren't building the network. And, you know, if you're able to meet other people locally to you, and this is the whole idea about community and at the ground level, why not go to a meetup? Why not search Eventbrite? Eventbrite has a thousand and one listings for different things. You know, and you know what? We, we make our events affordable in that, um, for example, um, I would go, and this is just uh, for any, anyone who has a good relationship with a local, um, and we, we try to do it from a community. It's sort of like this whole local concept, right? You, 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 you stay local, local, local in terms of food, to pay, you know, farm to table. So in this instance, what we, that, that first event, I went to a local, um, uh, it's like a little gourmet place, but they do catering and, I would have coffee there often and meetings there. And I said, oh, I'd like to, um, I was wondering if you can cater to our event. And, you know, I did, they said, oh, well, you need to do uh, a, a form for donations. And then, and they, I didn't hear from them. They said, oh, we can't do it. I bumped into the owner like a, a day later. I said, you guys said you can't do um, what I was asking. I was asking for some food uh, for this event I'm doing for people who are disrupted in work. And I said, and I did say that I would pay for the food at cost, right? He mm. said, he went back, told the person who was the event organizer, she wasn't asking for a handout. She said she would pay for the food, mm. but I paid for the food at cost. Why? Because my local community gets some of the money I've raised, a donation, some donations. And that's the other thing, to, don't be too ask for money or ask the people who can give. Give your time, give your money, give your network, give something. 
And they don't, they gave us the food at cost. So we were able to have a local caterer when, and we told them, give us your card, give us your signs. We put that signage near the food and people recognized, oh, I know them, but they saw them giving back to community. But, and that doesn't cost anything to ask. People mm -hmm. would really not say no if you say that you're doing it for good you're doing it for the benefit of others and you have to sell that story that you're doing it for that reason that is definitely like i'm sitting here right now thinking of a couple of different things I'm like, oh i just met that lady who had this and this coming okay like in my head I'm, I'm the gears are turning right now and you know it's just like okay how do you get that that reach out in the community in the network in the mesh and it's funny though um so this week has been baltimore's innovation week and i've been going around to x amount of different events mm -hmm. and seeing for the community outreach stuff it's been interesting to see how like this isn't even on their radar no and then looking at the startup spaces the accelerator spaces um this isn't even on their radar like the conversation isn't being had to be like, hey, how do we get the people who are, you know, in various parts of the space to be more inclusive or incorporated at this community. level? Community. I find it so weird because I know for a fact that there are people who are devs, who are miners, who are traders, who are um, like, you know, sideline angel investors in Baltimore. I've been to those meetings and spoken with these people and it just like blew me away that the community outreach program, people that I was talking to, the, the startup directors, people that I was talking to, you know, um, none of them had any idea or like, it was like, well, yeah, the Bitcoin stuff, oh, I've heard of that. Or no, well, what is this crypto thing and how can I use that to, you know, incorporate mm -hmm. into my um, donation um, option? Yeah. No, I, or even here, I mean, somebody said to me, he came to uh, a breakfast, I think one or two events I had in Connecticut. And then I encouraged him to come to the New York event because I wanted, I, I, I wanted people to come outside their comfort zone. I said, because you, you're mm -hmm. just me, your local area. And he came out and, and sometimes they can't afford, you know, one woman from, she wanted to go from Hartford. There was a, a set, a, a in New York and she said it's like 40 pound trip I said well go I will pay for you to go if you go there and you show me afterwards your train ticket I'll send you a check to reimburse you she, she did actually go to the one-day session but this guy came to New York and he said to me you know he, he obviously felt uncomfortable because he didn't know anyone and I introduced him to a few people but when mm -hmm. you them show up like that they show up for themselves they don't show up for you but he said he had first heard the term uh, blockchain and crypto at the event that I did. And he said um, he then wanted to come up, you know, so he came out of his comfort zone to come to that morning event in Connecticut. But then he definitely wanted to learn more and came to the event in New York. And what I had been, what I also did is anyone who's issuing a book, um, and, you know, last year, we, this year we had about four or five that came out. Mm. I copies of those books and I raffle them off. No, not raffle them off, but I, I would, I would, we would have a presentation and we would say, okay, 
we're giving away four books. Can you, anyone tell me the name of the company we mentioned um, and when we talked about this? And yeah, the person who responds to that, we would give you a book. And that book could be anywhere from 20 to $30. Man, that gives people such a great feeling that they came, they were engaged, and we know they were engaged because they got the answer right. And they left with a book. Or we have a speaker of that book, and we would have the book um, uh, autographed, and we would give out, like for the first 20 people who show up, they get a copy of the book. And then that speaker will talk a little bit about what inspired them to write the book. So those things, in, you know, in, in terms of engagement, it does a, a lot in that the person gets to understand crypto. They come out, they understand crypto and blockchain as well. Mm -hmm home with something they can share man i bought this book and then they come to the next event hey i brought my buddy right uh, yeah, okay okay i, I guess you right. you're talking about scaling you need to go to the grassroots of where people are that's what i'm saying got you all right so um I'm, we're coming down to the last close so two questions the first one is for where you are in the space and how you're seeing things any Outside of price talk stuff, any kind of predictions going forward on what is going to happen in the space from your perspective? I feel that the space is going, it, there's definitely um, the shift in terms of, you know, moving away from the whole concept of looking at crypto and the speculative nature of the industry. We're moving now towards, uh, I would say, adoption, more enterprise, more solid business cases, not just the speculative comes up with an idea and sense at the end of the day. Solving those big problems, if we focus on those things, solving the problems of the that, and using the technology to do that, and then uh, yeah, making sure we collaborate. So collaboration, I see mm -hmm. the towards uh, enterprise um, adoption, um, but that enterprise adoption means that we have to go um, um, and give people access education and give them that they would use if there's no utility forget the adoption and the scaling but i do see the shift i see the shift shift and a move away from the culture that was one that was not it was almost as if it was it was very bombastic and i i'm in crypto and i'm making all this money well that's not the regular joe blow on the street yeah where you're giving people a solution to a big problem solve the problem we get adoption and we get to scale and if it means enterprise has the money to do that then we bring enterprise and collaborate with them to do that otherwise we are going to be just drowning out there saying we have we raised all this money but there's no one really that we can spend because there's no value in the crypto and people are like well i can't spend that to buy you know i can't use that to buy my to buy food can't use mm -hmm. it so find the problem and create the, the technology solution with the te with blockchain or crypto and make sure that you educate the users so that they know how to make financial, you know, they have financial literacy and investment literacy with respect to use of the platform or adoption of the platform in their everyday life. If they don't do that, then it does. Look at the internet, right? We're using it. Everybody's using it today. Not when we... So that's what I see, the shift. I call it the shift. It's not only the technology shift, but the people shift, that we bring the people along with that shift. 
Okay. So less than a minute on this one. Um, what is something as a product or service that is crypto or blockchain based do you use and would you tell others about? Um, I would say Telegram because <laughs> Telegram has been great in terms of building community. I'm speaking with someone now um, who is going to help with uh, getting biometrics and self-sovereign ID and um, in a platform similar to that. How do you build community? But I believe that, you know, and for me that that has been um, a great uh, way for me to get into um, and because it raised so much money in the blockchain space, I'm one of the person who I, I'm a person who uses it. I find it's very beneficial in terms of the community I want to be part of. Um, okay. Away from the you know the communities that are like the Facebooks and the others out there, I've moved away from those and more towards information and intel that I get through my community on Telegram. Okay, you, you're actually the first person I've had to say Telegram, and I understand um, why you said Telegram very well. So, uh, oh, okay, sorry. Um, that brings us to a close. I really appreciate you taking the time to fit me in this morning and talk to the listeners of this podcast and sharing, you know, how you got in, what you're seeing going on, and giving people ideas on how they actually start doing the same thing for where they are. Once again, this is Rhonda Elridge. If you could um, share your contact information. Yeah, yeah. So I can be reached very easily through my uh, nonprofit, which is Harness All Possibilities, which is harness, H-A-R-N-E-S-S-A-P.org. Or you can reach me directly through uh, hello hap, that's H-E-L-L-O-H-A-P, at harnessap.org. Um, so any any which way I would get the message. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, so you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm always open to a conversation, um, a sharing, and building and being part of the industry. And there you have it, GNGs. Once again, that is Rhonda Elridge. I'll have the contacts in the description stuff. And this has been Trekking Cryptos to Connect. Once again, it is about showcasing the people who are at the ground level at the forefront who are helping to expand the knowledge and help empower people with that knowledge about cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology. So until the next one, have a good day, folks. Okay, GGs, there you have it. Um, first half, like I said, was just talking about what was going on with me with falling into the crypto rabbit hole, even though I was already in for X amount of years, just realizing how much I didn't know. And time management is a bitch, y'all. Um, on to the second segment, like I said, talked with Rhonda Eldridge, and it was really insightful. And like, I like how she talked about, you know, coming into the space trying to add value to the space, not just looking at it going, I want to get, 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 I want to take, take, take. Um, a lot of people don't have that sense of um, understanding when coming into the space, I have to say that. But she's definitely one of those people that's sharing the message and she's doing her part to help educate and empower people with cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology. And I hope something she said clicked to someone out there and helped somebody get inspired or it helped you just keep going because... We all know, like right now, everything's down market-wise, and you know, if you're not in this for the love of technology or what it can do to society as a bigger um, whole or bigger picture thing, 
it, it's rough if you're just looking at it from the money end because yeah the markets is not friendly right now um but more importantly going on gng's uh, I have the donation and the support page open up on the Anchor website, and if there's anything that somebody could, you know, put out there to help, I greatly appreciate it. Just on the end of, it is really a lot in order to do a one-man show of recording, setting up the interviews, doing the editing, and da-da-da-da-da. I have to say, um, the podcast stuff, the content creation um, aspect of being in the space, or just in general, I didn't realize how daunting it would be as far as the, the amount of work and time it takes. And hats off to the people who was doing this before me. But like I said, GNG, I'd appreciate any help anyone out there can do um, or any ideas um, software-wise that anybody can suggest that would help me kind of like streamline some stuff. Other than that, GNGs, until the next episode, I greatly appreciate those of you who have come back. And if this is your first time hearing it, hope to see, or, or actually, I hope you come back to the next one. And guess what? Leave a comment, do the like, do the share, do the follow, do the heart, and all the other positive um, call to action things that they say you're supposed to do. 